now on FM 1071. Funky Red Friday. Gotta have that funk. It's a 507. Good morning, San Antonio. It is the last day of September, so get ready to wake up tomorrow. Wake me up when September ends. That'll be midnight tonight. Mostly sunny all weekend here. Cool, cool, cool Sunday morning. Sunday morning is going to be really cool around here. So get ready for that if you want to get outside and sip your coffee on Sunday morning. And highs in the upper 80s uh, for most of the weekend. Good morning to you. Good morning, Don. Good morning, Jimmy. Good morning to you, Elaine. And our phones are up at a 210-599-5555. Let's get you up uh, to speed on uh, the latest on Ian and what's going on. Tim have been uh, confirmed dead now. 17 possible, actually, right now, and the number could be climbing higher as time goes on. They anticipate that the number will be uh, climbing higher. Uh, Ian is a Cat 1 right now out in the um, Atlantic. Landfall anticipated about noon near Charleston, South Carolina, and they have the great exodus coming out of Charleston right now going inland. Florida officials are enforcing a curfew because of looters down in the Fort Myers area. Been looking at the aerial shots of uh, Fort Myers, Florida. Absolute destruction. Uh, Everywhere you look, from the beaches to the roads to uh, several of the marinas that are in that area to buildings to homes, uh, just devastation is what they're going to be dealing with down there. And there's several stories, uh, human stories to be talking about out of this, and more of these will grow. As the man on television earlier was saying, I've lost every damn thing I own. Fort Myers residents tearfully telling how they had uh, clung to their roofs and inside of their homes on the top level, (coughs) and now uh, getting ready to pick up the pieces, finding their homes destroyed, their cars underwater, belongings swept away by Hurricane Ian. Governor DeSantis saying that the three-mile-long Sanibel Causeway will need to be rebuilt after this biblical hurricane severs the island from the mainland. Also, the Miami mayor fled hurricane to attend a pair of big-money fundraisers 1,200 miles away at a ritzy celebrity favorite club while tweeting at Floridians to stay informed and stay safe, but I'm going to go raise some money for the Democrat Party. And a heroic hurricane reporter rescuing Orlando Nurse by carrying her on his back through water that was right at his waist and sometimes a little bit higher. Her car was submerged in the post-hurricane floods, and he was reporting on the story and saw her submerged, went over to her car and put uh, her on his back and carried her. Casey DeSantis stepping into the spotlight. (laughs) Florida's first lady joining her husband, helping with the hurricane recovery. Reveals she's already raised millions in relief. And uh, and that was just not that long ago. She was fighting cancer, and she beat cancer, and uh, to- totally great. So wonderful. Meanwhile, Joe Biden yesterday was talking about it. He was politicizing it. He was trying to take credit for the rescue and recovery efforts, saying the federal government. He never said anything about Governor DeSantis. He talked about how the federal government and FEMA is doing a phenomenal job with rescue and recovery efforts and how he has led this charge all along. And he has actually been on the phone to Florida's governor numerous times when, in fact, all we know is they've talked twice, that he refused to call him for several days leading up to the hurricane while he called a number of the mayors around Florida. And then yesterday he snapped at a reporter for asking a what Joe Biden considered a totally irrelevant question about his relationship with Ron DeSantis. And the president then put down the microphone. He was at the FEMA headquarters. And once again, ladies and gentlemen, he wandered off. 
He just flat-ass wandered off. So much so, guys, check this out. So much so that the FEMA director reaches up and tries to grab the back of his coat and pull him back to the podium. And she says to him, Mr. President, Mr. President, Mr. and he wanders off. And around the corner, the old guy goes. You know how he walks all stiffly and everything, right? Around the corner, and all these FEMA employees turn around and look, and all of a sudden, there's the president standing there. And they say, what do we do? Well, they just start clapping because there's the president standing there. And he's standing there befuddled. He's standing there with this look on his face like, where am I? Why are you people? All these people are clapping at me. Why are you people clapping at me? Tim Conway, Mrs. Wiggins. That's it. I've said that before. I've said that before, Mr. Turdball, or whatever his, what was Tudball, whatever his name was. I thought it was Turdball. Uh, Mrs. Wiggins. Yeah, Mrs. Wiggins, would you come in here, please? And he would get up, and he would just, and that bad toupee hanging. Yes, exactly. That's it. I've said that, yes. And she would come in. She had the big booty, and she would come walking in, Carol Burnett, who was born here, by the way, at the Knicks Hospital so many years ago. Uh, she's a she's an angel. Yeah, she's but he does he person. does walk and shuffle like Tim Conway's character. I hope you'll look at the video because it's just – I'm going to talk about this some more a little bit later on because the video is, uh, once again, and, and, and the witches on the brew – I mean, the view. They said yesterday – that if you say anything about his age, then you're just ageist. You hate old people. The problem isn't Joe Biden and all this you know, stuff that he does, like talking to a dead woman. The problem isn't Joe Biden wandering off at FEMA headquarters during a FEMA thing concerning Hurricane Ian. That's not the problem. The problem is you. What you, you just hate old people. <laughs> Just like if you don't agree with CRT being taught to your kids, you just hate black people. Well, now they got a new thing, according to the witches on the brew, that you hate old people. That's what they said yesterday. Was that Sonny Hostin who said that? It was. It was Sonny Hostin who said. Whoopi, what Whoopi said was, well, you can't get him on anything else because he's perfect. He's the perfect president. He's doing such a great job. You can't get him on anything else. So you're just making fun of him. We all lose it every once in a while. No. Not like this guy does. It's called a brain fart, one of them said. One of them said it's called a brain fart. Uh huh. His brain is continually on fart mode. Okay? Okay? And this is part of the problem the Democrats have right now. They see it like you and I see it. They know that he's a mess. Okay? He scrambled eggs and they know it. But they don't care because he's theirs. As long as he's theirs, as long as he's got the D behind his name, the, the partisan hacks, the witches on the brood, that's what they're going to do. They're going to back the dude. Uvalde School District and others facing the first lawsuit over the mass shooting from May. Parents of three children who survived have sued the school district, several former officials, and the company who manufactured the gun. The company who manufactured the gun, ladies and gentlemen, had nothing to do with the shooting, just like the company that manufactures a car has nothing to do with a drunk driving crash. This is pathetic. Uh, I agree. If you want to sue the school and the officials at the school for lack of security, I agree with that one. 
I agree if you want to sue law enforcement who stood at the end of the hallway and we saw that they didn't do anything. They were inactive for 77 minutes. I agree with that. That's fine. But the gun manufacturer had absolutely nothing to do with that. They sold a legal product in America. The problem was how that legal product was used. I'll explain. My stapler sitting right over there. I can kill you with it. I can. If I chose to do that, is that the stapler's fault? How ridiculous do you want to get with all this? I can pick up a rock and bash your head in and kill you. Is that God's fault for making the rock? Are you going to sue God? This is how stupid this is. The same is true with a hammer. The same is true with a anything. Anything you can use to attack another human being. Quit taking the responsibility off of where it belongs. It belongs on the person who used the gun, and thank God he's dead. Governor debate tonight, and of course, the liberal media is already talking about the questions that they anticipate will be fired at Governor Greg Abbott. <laughs> oh, man. They're already, oh, yeah, left-wing media is already talking about how he's going to have to answer for abortion. He's going to have to answer for abortion. You see... What they've done is they have already packed these questions against him. I told you that was going to happen. I've been telling you for weeks that Greg Abbott doesn't need to debate this little bitty twit. He's nothing. He's not a pimple on Greg Abbott's rear end. He's a little twit. And there's no reason to debate this guy. All right? None whatsoever. None. That the liberal media is going to so stack the deck against Greg Abbott that the people are going to read. I've told you, the stories are already written. All they're looking for are the sound bites from, from Beto from tonight. The sound bites from Beto tonight, they're going to lift those and show what a great leader Beto is going to be for the state of Texas. The stories are already written, folks. The liberal media, that's how they're going to do it. Not a one of them are going to say after it's over with Greg Abbott kick Beto's butt. No, it's going to be the other way around. And they're going to start with abortion and how Abbott had no answer for the abortion problem. Taking women's rights away. Women's, uh, women don't have a right in the state of Texas, and it's Greg Abbott's fault. And he had no answer against Beto. Greg Abbott shot those children down there in Uvalde. He's responsible for their death, and he had no answer. Beto is going to protect our children. Watch. Sit back. No, don't watch. Listen tonight right here on KTSA. Thank you, KSET. we got to hook up with him. Thank you, KSET. We're going to air that tonight right here on KTSA. What is it, 7 o'clock, I think, right? 7? All right. I'll be doing something else. but that's... <laughs> I'll be doing something else tonight at 7 o'clock. It's my weekend, man. Don't interrupt my weekend. My weekend starts at 9 o'clock this morning. Back in a minute, Trey Ware, KTSA. Hey. I just a uh, quick word. If you were... Um, in Northeast San Antonio, and you noticed a bald guy dressed completely in black with dog treats running around the neighborhood, or if you saw that bald guy dressed in black with dog treats running around the neighborhood on your ring doorbell this morning, it's nothing to be worried about. He's not peering into your windows. No. 
It was about 3 o'clock. He's, he's not peering into your windows. I don't think he's out there to steal anything from you or, like, swipe your car or anything like that. He's just a really strange pervert out there with dog treats. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, why else would a bald-headed man <laughs> with a very thick beard around his mouth and a uh, dressed in black be running around a neighborhood at 3 a.m. with dog treats? Yeah. <laughs> you're a pervert. Right. <laughs> There's only one thing you're looking for. <laughs> yeah, a s- stupid dog. Ha, ha, ha. A little bitty chihuahua. You see where you screwed up? You should have gone out there and called it in Spanish. It would have shown up. (laughs) See? Maybe. I don't know. (laughs) What happened? The dog got out on you. The The little bitty chihuahua. Right. They got out through the gate in the back. The gate wasn't shut all the way. Right. Um, Yeah. And so she managed to to get out. When I let her out this morning, I let her out at about quarter to three. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, usually I leave them out for about 10 minutes or so. Right. And then I bring them back in. Then I come into work. And there's well, three of them. There's three of them. Um, one of them, ain't no way her big ass fit through that gate. <laughs> the other one is afraid of her own shadow. So okay. she's not going anywhere. But it's the little one who just, I don't know, Trey. Yeah. The dog's just, there's nobody home. Right. You know? Sure. And so, and she's just the cutest well, dog I've Chihuahuas ever seen. Chihuahuas only have brains the size of your yeah. fingernail. And she's adorable. She's just as sure cute they are. and sweet, and she's just so happy to see everybody all the time. Hyper. But she's annoying as hell. <laughs> and so, she. <laughs> I dated somebody like that. Yeah, in school haven't we all? <laughs> but anyway, she, she got out through the gate because it wasn't closed. It was probably about a four inch gap for her to fit through. Well, that's all she, she needed. That's all she needed. Yeah. She, she gets out, and off she goes. And so I go out and, and I I open the door and the other two come running in, and I'm like, oh no, yeah, oh, no. And I knew right away because usually she's one of the first ones right. in the door, yeah, and um, she's gone. So I go look, sure enough, the gate's open. So I close that and then I, I go out and I'm calling for her and I can't find her and I walk up and down a little bit and I'm like, well, you know, there's these treats that she likes and when she hears the bag rattle, here she comes, man, she's hauling, right? You know, like she's on fire, sure. You know? And so I grab the bag and I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> I'm walking around my neighborhood at three a.m. at three o'clock in the morning. Three a.m. Lucy, you idiot! And I'm right wearing black, <laughs> all dressed in black, <laughs> with this bag of dog snacks rattling. I rattling the bag. Uh, it's great. And I'm waiting for the civil cops to come sure. and, and run me in. You they know? were, <laughs> in fact, they were five minutes from the scene. Yeah, they're probably bringing up there just You're on next door, by the way. Oh, I'm sure. And I'm walking <laughs> Who's along. this guy walking around at 3 a.m. Yeah. with dog treats? And, I'm, and I'm, there are three things going through my head. Yes. Don't get arrested. Right. Don't get shot. Uh-huh. Don't get bit by a snake. Well, any of and those so, three could have happened. Yeah, and I'm, I'm very leery of all of that. Right. You know? I don't want to get shot. That yeah. doesn't sound like a good time to me. Right. And so anyway, I'm I'm walking on a Friday. Right. I have plans this weekend. (laughs) So I'm walking along and I get down the the, the block or so down the street and uh, I go around the corner and I'm thinking I'm going to have to walk through this whole subdivision to find that moron. Uh If I don't find her by four, I'm just going to have to, you know. But but she's George's pride and joy, so you can't leave her out there. You can't. That wouldn't matter. That and my daughter. They love that dog. Okay, there you go. So. Um, my daughter was supposed to take her the dog with her when she moved out, but oh, all of a sudden no, she can't. They never you know? do. Exactly. So, and I got I got the dog for my daughter, but then sure. she, you know, all of a sudden can't take it. So, anyway, yep. I'm, I'm about a block or so down the street, and I'm going around the corner, and I hear her little paws come scamper behind. Yeah. I'm like, 
Oh, yeah. Tongue hanging out. Yeah. You know, she's just, oh, you know, I, I, maybe she made a friend with an armadillo or something. <laughs> I don't know. But, you know. She was just as happy as can be. Oh, and, sure. and I was not. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, I, I, I got a text a little I while her, ago. I got her under my arm, carrying yeah. her like I'm Earl Campbell running up the street sure. with a football under my arm, you know, and I'm trying to get here on time. And so I bring her back in the house and, you know, and I'm mumbling under my breath. And, you know, she's just, she thinks she's done something good. Uh-huh. You know? Right, sure. So, hey, at least hey. I didn't get into Daddy the trash. Daddy gave me treats. I didn't get into the trash can. Uh-huh. You know, that's a good thing. Right. Uh, you know, I get her put away. And, and then I text you and I say, I'll be there as soon as possible. Because <laughs> I know it's going to be 4 o'clock by the time I get here. Sure. Which is, you know, a, about half an hour at, that's late. later than normal. Mm-hmm. Um, so I text you and then I, you know, there was no response and I get here and I walk in and I tell you what happened. And then about five minutes before the show starts, you come in and say, yeah, I just got your text message. <laughs> I just came in. <laughs> a lot of good that does, yeah. right? And the show starts and I get a message back from you. Hurry the hell up. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So, yeah, uh, well, you know, and we we have a network between each other because we right. watch each other to make sure each other's here. Yeah. you got all not- the numbers to call me if I'm there, right. which has never not happened. I mean, it's never, we're, let me knock on wood because it's never happened. You yeah. know, in my entire life of doing mm-hmm. this, I've never ever done that so knock on wood but we you have all my numbers you can call me right, and the yeah. same with you right i go yeah. like hey man it's you know and and we're, we're coming oh, in you've done that before if i was running late oh yeah man where are you sure, yeah. Yeah. yeah i used to do it to liz and yeah. every once in a while we're, we're, we're very we're creatures of habit at this time of day. oh absolutely well plus it's this time of day yeah, you know a, bad things and not, nothing good happens at night you know what i'm saying not at all no not a, not a three <laughs> in like, the morning hey, no so it's like all right what's going on with you so, uh, Jimmy, for you, for your edification. No, I just find out on social media. Y'all don't text me. <laughs> he gave me a rash of crap the other day about that. Jimmy, uh, Jimmy calls me yesterday. <laughs> this, is, this is true. I, I was I was out taking care of some stuff. My phone. I I didn't have a good cell phone signal, and I get back and I'm driving back home, and you know your phone starts to blow up once you get to a cell tower. And I like to see the Jimmy calls. So I'm like, oh, gee, something must have happened. So I called him back. And he's like, yeah, nobody else is answering my phone calls. <laughs> so I figured I'd call you. <laughs> you're, you're down at the bottom of the list. Yeah, Elaine, <laughs> Elaine was the only one who picked up when I called well, yesterday. Of course she does. And Elaine is in the will. You three guys are out. <laughs> yeah. That's, oh, we're, we're that's what he told me. He tells me that yesterday. He's like, yeah, everything's going to Elaine. The rest of you, you guys suck. Well, yeah, I've already rewritten my will for that. Elaine, you know, she held a gun to my head a long time ago, maybe did that. But by the way, I just did you see the picture of your friend in your, in your room over there? Oh, the uh, yeah, the, the, uh, the snake? Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. So here's a real quick story. Sure. When I turned, I think it was 15, I went to work at Kono, which was downtown in a really old building, right? Re- very old building. And the room, the, the radio station or the, the studio was literally a closet. It was big enough for you to turn around, and, and that's it. It had two turntables and then the other tape machines and our control yeah. board. That's it. That's all that was in that room. And, and I noticed a, about a week into working there, I noticed that everybody working there or that was on the air on Kono was wearing boots. They all wore boots. Well, it's not a country station. And I, I came from a country station where everybody wore boots. Right. But I was a tennis shoe guy, always have been. So I noticed all, everybody's wearing boots. And I asked a couple of guys, hey, man, I'm just, you know, I'm kind of observant. Why is everybody wearing boots? He said, you'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm on the air one night, man, <clears throat> not, not, not a couple of days later, and I'm sitting there, songs playing, and I'm jamming, and I'm ready to go on the air, and I feel over my feet, ba-dump, ba-dump, 
but don't but don't back across like my, like my feet are speed bumps but don't but don't but don't but don't and I push back and I look down and a rat the size of a cat oh. is running back and forth across oh, my no. feet wow <laughs> I kid you not that thing was this big man oh, it, it, man. about 10 inches long but don't but don't but don't the size of a nutria <laughs> yeah <laughs> I came back like in I came cat. in the next day and I was wearing my boots and the guy said you found out huh <laughs> <laughs> See, got, yeah, I found rubber, out. He's got rubber bands holding his pant legs closer to his ankle because <laughs> no, he doesn't want to take it. No kidding. You know, that happened to a news guy I worked with years ago. But the problem is he had had some type of nerve damage, Ooh. so he couldn't feel anything from his knee down. Ooh. And a, a, a mouse or something had gone. Oh, no. Gnawing on him? No, it didn't bite him. It, it was just pant, on his leg? It went up his pant leg. Oh, God. And it got about mid-thigh. <sighs> He realized something was going on. Oh my God, that's awful. Well, that old, that old dude. Right, I never seen anybody move that. Yeah, well, yeah, right? and was, take his pants off yeah, that quick well, either. I, thank God that didn't happen. Yeah. But, you know. So, uh, Jimmy, you got a snake in there. Enjoy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll take a break for news. Back in a minute. KTSA. Hey. All right, it's 540, it's Funky Friday, it's Red Friday. Remember, everyone deployed, wear your red today. Trey Ware, 550 KTSA, FM 1071. And the Trey Ware page at KTSA.com. I've made no bones about the fentanyl situation. What I believe is a war has been declared on the United States, and particularly on our children. You and I have had this discussion many times about fentanyl flowing across the open borders just a couple of hours down to our south. And now... The, the insidious move that the cartels have made to put it in boxes of nerds and bags of Skittles with Halloween just around the corner and kiddos are now the biggest target that the cartels and China have. Been following the story, of course, of this uh, group called Lost Voices of Fentanyl, of parents who have lost children to, to fentanyl, and about 300 people a day are overdosing on fentanyl coming out the you know primarily the chemicals made in China sent to the cartels the cartels bring it across the open border just yesterday democrats again to talk about the political side of this they had a chance to sign on to a piece of legislation uh it would it was called the all halt all lethal trafficking of fentanyl act to permanently classify fentanyl related substances as a schedule one democrats said no they did the same thing back in april that would be if they if they supported this they would have to admit there's a problem with the open border i want to welcome my guest to the stevens roofing newsmaker hotline Derek maltz a retired director from the dea special operations division Derek, great to have you on the show this morning thank you for your time sir thank you very much for having me i appreciate it this is a horrible situation that we find ourselves in right now with this uh, fentanyl. What are your thoughts? Well, I've been following this for many years. I was the head of the DEA Special Operations Division. I watched China starting to bomb the country in the uh, time frame 2008-2010 with synthetic drugs. It was synthetic cannabinoids, synthetic cathinones, K2 spice bad salts, and then they went into fentanyl production around 2012. We started seeing mass amounts of kids dying and Americans dying around the country, and then all of a sudden it exploded. You know, around 2015-16, we started seeing the uh, fake pills coming in from Mexico. So the cartels got involved in the business. The cartels are getting all the chemicals from China. And now China's providing all the money laundering services for the cartels. They're picking up cash around America. They're buying land. They're buying property. National security threat is off the charts. But, of course, as you know, in San Antonio, 
The border's wide open, so the cartels are taking total advantage of the vulnerabilities at the border. And right now we have historic levels of death, and the families are questioning where the hell is the White House? Why is everyone silent about this national security threat? And the answer to that is because if they uh, acknowledge this was going on, then they would have to acknowledge they have collapsed the border since Joe Biden became president, and that's what has caused this to to happen. Uh, We have seen, there's no doubt, that the correlation between the numbers skyrocketing in the past 18 months and the border policies of catch and release. We also know, Derek, as, as an example, that the cartels will bum rush one sector and get our guys busy as processors, and the other side over there just down the road they'll send a bunch of of fentanyl across the border that's how they operate right but more important than that is the gotaways that they're sending in the high value targets that are coming in from yemen the middle east right. you know, iran china russia those are the guys that are going across the border as they flood the zone and they push border patrol into the processing phase and the babysitting phase it's all calculated And you know what, Trey, they're making billions of dollars from the migrant smuggling as well now. So it's a perfect storm. But the thing is, is I, like you said, I work with the Lost Voices of Fentanyl, the families from around America. I work with several other nonprofits trying to get them, you know, the awareness pushed around the country using my platform. But the thing is, is that what's really disturbing is that you look at these poor kids in their bedrooms, 13 years old, have no idea what they're doing. They're buying pills on the social media apps, and the drug dealers are dropping off these pills at the house like it was a pizza delivery. And unfortunately, you know, the parents are just stunned because they're beautiful kids. They have a bright future. But this is calculated. Like you said in the beginning, you know, the Chinese have unrestricted warfare against America. They're not going to drop bombs on the country right now, but they're going to kill our kids to stabilize our country. And right now, no one's paying attention to it. The DEA and law enforcement has done a great job. You look at the millions and millions of pills they're seizing in the gallows. That's because Chapo Guzman's kids are flooding that zone with the poisonous pills. Millions and millions. They just seized another million last week in Phoenix. They seized a million pills in New Mexico this month, historic seizure in New Mexico, a million pills in July. It's like, think about this, Craig, and you know from being down on the border, if we're seizing this quantity, Think about what's actually getting into the country. Correct. That's the scary part. Well, and so we have several, you know, parts to this to look at. First of all, I believe it is a weapon of mass destruction, and those who are begging the White House to call it such, uh, they are right. It is a weapon of, of mass destruction, particularly, Derek, now that they are putting it in boxes of nerds and Skittles, they know that Halloween is coming up, and they know also you don't have to ingest this. It is so potent we have a dps trooper in the hospital here in bear county and all he did was a car search and it just about killed him by touching this stuff you don't have to ingest it to die that's the thing there are no psas there's no public discussion of this happening there's no action being taken to control the border and even more so there's no action being taken against china or the cartels when you look at china and they have launched this what i believe is a war against us and against 
against our children. We could shut this down in a hurry if we just say that the federal government is not going to do business with China anymore. We're done. Just like Governor DeSantis just did in Florida, if the federal government were to take that stance or several other states were to take that stance, you wouldn't have to say we're going to shut off the U.S. economy. We're just not, as a government, going to spend any more money with China. That'd get their attention in about 10 minutes. And Matt Gates, you know, he's <laughs> he's a Republican from Florida, and he said, look, uh, why don't we bomb the cartels? Now, now, just take that for a second and talk about that for a second, because if if any other agency or any other army in the world, if we had an army or a bunch of terrorists that were coming across the southern border and killing 300 Americans a day, you would certainly hope and pray that our government and our military would respond, wouldn't we? Absolutely. And just so you know, Trey, I called for the designation of the cartels as terrorists over five years ago. I'm very supportive of using strikes at their chemical production labs in Mexico because that's the way you're going to slow down the supply. Right now, it's out of control. We have to do something. We can't just keep seizing the pills around the country. It's not going to work. Kids are going to die. We have to look out for our kids. You know, Attorney General Barr, when he came out of the woodwork recently with his book, attacking everyone, one thing that he said, which caught my attention, is that, you know, the cartels are operating like ISIS, and they need to be, you know, they need to be dealt with like ISIS. Now, here's the thing. If ISIS or al-Qaeda were developing chemical weapons in Mexico, you think the U.S. government would just sit back and do nothing and wait to die in America? No. We'd have to go after. We can't rely on those corrupt Mexican politicians and the president of Mexico's you know, hugs for thugs policies that he has. He doesn't want to hurt the cartel's feelings. Right now, the cartels are destroying our future. This is insanity. So, yes, I'm very supportive. I testified about, you know, declaring the cartels as terrorists. But we can't just sit here and make like it's going to go away. It's not. No, it's they're not. They're going to take advantage, and they're, gonna, they're just going to continue to pound our communities, which is really sad. In just a few weeks, uh, kids will take to the streets for Halloween, and we know that these are in boxes of nerds and in bags of Skittles now. Uh, they're on the streets of America in that form. My word that I have been telling parents is to just have a closed Halloween, you know, have get some fa some friends together, some family together, people that you trust maybe on your cul-de-sac or on your street that you trust, and allow the kids to uh, trick-or-treat there only from trusted people. But uh, going out, and, and, and most most parents have to make that decision for themselves but going out and just saying here kiddos go have a good time run you know run all over hell's half acre and and, and grab all the candy you can we just can't do that anymore we could when you and i were kids derek but we can't do that anymore yeah i mean you look at that undercover uh deal that went down in hartford connecticut the dea task was did a great job but it's just inconceivable to think that they're going to put poisonous fentanyl pills in nerds and Skittle boxes and right. packaging, right? I mean, that's something we've never seen. But, you know, the other thing, Trey, that people don't realize, they're also making blocks of, you know, rainbow-colored fentanyl right. where these kids may think this is chalk. So they're out there in the driveway, and maybe, you know, their parents leave, you know, some of this stuff around, and now the kid's holding fentanyl chalk, right? Right. That's another thing that, that that's really dangerous. Huh. Unbelievable. Derek, I'm, we're going to stay in touch as this story continues. Uh, it, this is not the end, but it, we, we need to keep the pressure on Washington, D.C. Derek Mills, I appreciate you very, very much this morning.
Thank you very much. Have a great day. You too, and a great weekend. All right, quick break. Trey Ware, KTSA. Peer courtesy of the Stevens Roofing Newsmaker Hotline. The Gap Band. You dropped a bomb on me. I know why you're playing this, too. <laughs> All right. Well, Becky, we were just about to get to you, and we lost our connection. It's uh, 5.54 now at KTSA. Trey Ware here. If you uh, want to say the Pledge of Allegiance, you can say it right into your phone and just email it to me, Trey, T-R-E-Y, Trey at KTSA.com. That's Trey at KTSA.com. Uh, coming up at uh, 6.35 this morning, uh, my great friend Gordon Hartman is going to join me about the multi-assistant center at Morgan's Wonderland that they are opening up. And it's an unbelievable place that I want you to know more about. So we're going to talk about it at 635 uh, this morning. Got a couple of things that are making news this morning. Mortgage rates are now up to 6.7%. That's more than double since last year. Hasn't been this high since 2007. <coughs> what happened after that? Yeah, I think we all know. The economy is even worse than thought. New numbers out from the Commerce Department showing that, oh, yeah, we're in a recession, for sure. And inflation rose higher than originally thought as well in the first quarter. And a little bit later on, I'm going to tell you more about that with these new economic numbers showing what happened with the uh, pandemic. I don't know what's going on with the phone, but I was just about to go to her, and, and she's gone again. So I, don't, I have no idea. So I'll just tell you now, the new economic numbers showing that Trump handled the economy extremely well during the pandemic. The pain was less than reported, and his comeback was even bigger than reported. Biden then campaigned during the 2020 campaign that Trump had screwed it up, and that's why he said he needed to pass the $2 trillion rescue plan in new spending. But in reality, he passed that so he could claim credit for Trump's economic recovery after the pandemic because the economy was coming back really strong under Donald Trump. And when uh, Joe Biden got into office, or his people got into office, whoever the president really is, they decided to pass this $2 trillion package so that then they could say the economic recovery was a result of the $2 trillion package that we passed, right? But they knew that the economy was already coming back strong under Trump's leadership. They just wanted to claim credit for Trump's recovery by saying it was this $2 trillion package that we passed. You know what the $2 trillion did? It made the economy worse. It increased inflation, the worst in 40 years. And as a result, the Fed has had to put us into a recession. There are those that are using the D word for next year, the D word. Remember when that was tossed around in 2008, 2009? There are those using it again right here. God, I hope not. Horrible times for our grandparents. We don't ever go, want to go through something like that. But what happened was man-made and created. What's going on with the recession now, and as the recession gets tougher over the winter months and into next year, it was man-made and created by the radical Democrats who are running the country. Back in a minute, Trey Ware, KTSA. Hello, Daddy. 607 now, KTSA. Good morning. Welcome to uh, Red Friday River. Everyone deployed on Funky Friday. There's Don. There's JT right over there. And there's Elaine. Good morning. The phone's on. 210-599-5555. I'm going to go through some of these um, headlines. You want to jump in here and say anything about any of this stuff? Feel free, 210-599-5555. I'm excited about October getting started. 
my favorite time of the year. I love fall. And then when fall's over and we're into winter, I love spring. <laughs> so I have two times of the year that I really love. But this is one of them, man. I love this whole football thing, Friday night lights, the uh, weather change, which you're going to feel a little bit at this this weekend, especially on Sunday morning. I hope you can be outside sipping your coffee on Sunday morning because it's going to be really cool and really nice, particularly on Sunday. Sunday morning, that is. All right, let me catch up to speed on Ian. Let me start right here with Ian, and then we'll go through some of this other stuff making news. Ten confirmed dead. It might be 17, and they expect the number to climb a little bit. Uh, and and we'll, have, we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, the recovery efforts are still going on, particularly in the Fort Myers area, Sanibel Island, uh, completely uh, cut off now from the mainland. Uh, now Ian is a Cat 1 out in the Atlantic, turning around out there. Landfall anticipated about 12 noon near Charleston, South Carolina. They have been evacuating Charleston and that entire area there uh, since yesterday afternoon. Florida officials are enforcing a curfew because of looters in the area. So this thing, as it makes landfall today, that'll be the third landfall that Ian has made. The most destructive, of course, uh, it, down in Cuba was, was rough, but here on the west coast of Florida where you had uh, entire communities completely wiped out, homes completely gone, uh, property damage like you would not believe, uh, and stories uh, of human working uh, together just all over the place. So you got a reporter in Orlando who was doing a report, saw a nurse trapped in her car. He went into chest deep water, put her on his back, uh, and carried her to safety. Those kind of stories are all over the place, and we're going to find out stories about that for you know months and years to come uh we are now thinking about the rebuilding efforts and they are going in to start those rebuilding efforts we have a supply chain issue in this country as we all know that's going to be a real issue Uh, so with inflation being the way it is expect the cost of most things to go up based on this storm uh we have no idea obviously what damage he may do in uh, Charlotte and in uh, Greensville uh, and, and, and Myrtle Beach and all that area up there as he moves on. We have no idea, but certainly it's going to take rebuilding efforts in Florida at the very least, um, and it's going to take a lot of manpower in the months to come and a lot of purchasing of goods in the months to come over there. So that'll drive up the prices. That'll drive up uh, inflation and, of course, uh, make it tough on the supply chain. And so all those things are a part of this as well, but right now it's a matter of the human tragedy part of it, the loss of life, trying to discover how much of that there is, and then, uh, and then of course, uh, the devastation to people's lives in the path of what is now in the top five of the hurricanes to ever hit the United States of America. Abbott and O'Rourke are going to debate tonight, something I said weeks ago that if I were Greg Abbott, I wouldn't give Beto O'Rourke the time of day, much less the TV time on the same tube with me. I would just say, you know what? I'm too busy dealing with the mess your party created. I don't have time for you. All this is going to do is going to give the left-wingers in the media, and there's lots of those, the opportunity to take pot shots at Greg Abbott. The stories are already written about how well Beto O'Rourke did and how he won the debate and how he was great at the debate and how Abbott had no answer on abortion and how Abbott had no answer on the crime and the shootings in the schools. Abbott has no answers at all, and Beto's got all the answers. Watch. The stories are already written. All they're waiting for is the sound bites that are going to be created tonight. They'll cleverly edit those sound bites, and they're going to run their stories about how awful Greg Abbott is and how perfect Beto O'Rourke is for governor of the state of Texas. Watch.
That's all this is going to do. It'll be 7 o'clock tonight here on KTSA. Thanks to KSAT for helping us get that on. 7 o'clock tonight if you want to hear it. I'm, I'll am i be on my weekend, so you can tell me about it a little bit later on, okay? Senate passed a bill yesterday um, that would have or will, uh, because the, the House is going to pass it today, avoid this government shutdown. The worst thing we can do is continue to fund this government and what this government is doing to the American people. The only way we're going to get their attention, number one, is in November run every Democrat out of Washington, D.C. that's on the ballot, and number two, cut off the funding to all the crapola they're doing, right? Uh, and so, but they're, they're not going to do that, obviously. Uh, so uh, the Senate passed a bill yesterday, 72 to 25, keeps government funded through the middle of December. They don't do budgets anymore. No, no. Now, now, I'll make a prediction on this. They will do a budget. If the Democrats lose, they will do a budget because they want to control funding for as long as they can. So as a lame duck Congress, they will pass a budget in December. They'll pass it on to Joe Biden. He'll sign it. And they then you know Republicans will take over in January, but the Democrats control the funding of the government for another year. Watch. That's what that's what'll happen. The Senate also approved more than twelve billion dollars in additional aid for Ukraine. The House has until tonight, that's the thirtieth, to, you know, pass it and pass it over to Biden, and they will. And whoever the president actually is will operate the machine that signs the piece of legislation so that the government does not shut down. By the way, speaking of aid to Ukraine. The official number is $65 billion, but we're talking about many, many, many more billions above the $65 billion. That's the official number. Because they're getting all this military aid out of our warehouses and all that kind of stuff that's being sent directly to them. The president has also sent them billions of dollars out of his toy account that the president has to send. And so they've ended up with billions of dollars. Plus, all the armaments that they're getting, all the ammo that they're getting, all the missile systems they're getting, they didn't pay to develop any of that. They didn't pay to research it. They didn't pay, you know, obviously they had nothing to do with any of that. They're just getting it. Why? Because the United States is at war with Russia, and our proxy is Ukraine. I'll say it again. The United States is at war with Russia. Our proxy is Ukraine. But my question to you is, how many school resource officers... How many miles of fence for schools? How much school protection could you get for $65 billion? I'm just using their official number. I'm thinking it's more around $100 billion, but $65 billion. How many schools and how many school children could we protect in the United States for that? How much border control and fentanyl stoppage could you buy? was $65 billion. How much border wall could you build? How many drones along the border? Whatever they all say that they want. How much could you get for $65 billion? A ton. How much U.S. debt could you pay down if you just applied $65 billion to $32 trillion in debt? How about instead of sending all this money all over the place, how about instead of fighting a proxy war with you, you know, with Russia through Ukraine, about we pay down our own debt? about we take care of our homeless veterans on the streets? How about we take care of America first? Oh, no, that's a Nazi salute. Oh, yeah, that's what Hillary says. If you think that uh, taking care of uh, America first is the thing we ought to do, according to Hillary, you're a Nazi. Yeah, you're saluting Adolf Hitler. That's what she says.
All right, quick break. 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555. Feel free to jump in here if you want to. Apple Pest Control and Stan Goodson and his family at Apple Pest Control, they're here to take care of you. They've been taking care of us at the warehouse now for about 20 years or so. And I've absolutely loved having them as our pest control company. Why? Well, first of all, they do a great job. That's the bottom line right there. You know, they get rid of the bugs. Okay, they get rid of the bugs. And that's, that's what you call them for. Get rid of the bugs. Because if it bugs you, it bugs Apple. Second of all, all these other national brands, they make you sign a like a quarterly contract kind of deal. I ain't signing a contract like that. You forget about it. Why? Because I want you to earn my business every time you come to the house. I don't want you to make me sign a contract and then you sit back and take it easy and stroke it for you know the next uh, quarter or so. No. You show up. You do a great job, and I'll pay you for that great job. All right? That's the way we're going to do business. And you're not going to marry me for the next quarter, and i got to sit around wondering if you're going to show up. No. And Apple Pest Control? No, there's no contracts. Handshake? You know, do a great job. Just pay us for the great job, and we'll see you in a couple of months. That's the way business ought to be. Doing it right. Since 1984, Apple Pest Control at 210-695-8946. AccuWeather forecast for the last day of September. Mostly sunny all weekend long, and it's going to be cool on Sunday morning. Highs in the upper 80s all weekend. Right now it's 64 KTSA. best shows i've ever seen one of the most fun entertainers i've ever seen just for having a good time not taking things seriously he was doing it over at the hemisphere park and we saw an outdoor thing and when he started he said uh, for you young people out there that are wondering who i am all right i'm your mom's justin timberlake <laughs> That's when Justin Timberlake was out. Now he's old. So anyway, okay, we talk a lot about Joe Biden's uh, messed up head, right? And this whole thing about talking to a dead lady a couple of days ago. Of course, The View, the witches on the brew. I mean, The View. Their whole thing yesterday was, if you have a problem with Joe Biden talking to a dead woman, you're the problem. You're an ageist. You don't like old people. You hate old people. You can't get him on anything else because he's doing such a great job, says Whoop. Whoopi says, oh, my God, he's doing great on the border. He's doing great with this, and he's doing great with that. The economy's going great. The crime's going great. All these things are going great. He's such a great president, so you can't get him on anything else that he's doing. So you just hate old people. That's all it is, says Sonny Hostin. You hate old people. You're an ageist. You hate old people. Yesterday at the FEMA headquarters... He's giving a speech about how he's doing a great job helping Florida. Oh, my God, I'm doing such a wonderful job. Pat me on the back. I deserve all these accolades because, you know, I'm saving Florida from mass destruction. I'm doing wonderful. I got all these things I'm going to be doing for Florida, and Florida's going to be great, and I'm taking care of great care of Florida. And he gets done, lays down the microphone, and wanders off again. And the FEMA director, she reaches over to grab his jacket to pull him back. She says, Mr. President, wait, 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 because he wasn't really done. And they weren't done. And she missed his jacket, and he just kept stumbling away. And he stumbled around the corner, and the FEMA employees sitting there went, oh, hey, look, the president's here. And they just started clapping at the president. And his look on his face was like, 
Who are you people and why are you clapping? He just was gone. He's not there, folks. And the Democrats, like the witches on the brew, they don't care. Democrats on the left, they don't care that this guy is not fully functioning in the head. But you know what? They're not going to remove him with the 25th Amendment because this is who we have in second place. Kamala Harris, I told you a couple of days ago, was going to the border. Not the border of Texas. She went to the border of the DMZ between North Korea and South Korea, and she walks up to the microphones at the DMZ and says this. So the United States shares a very important relationship, which is an alliance with the Republic of North Korea. What? And it is an alliance that is strong and enduring. What? What? I saw that on Fox News, and I just had to play it for you. The U.S. shares a very important relationship with a strong, enduring alliance with the Republic of North Korea? Are you kidding me? So the top dog, oh, I'm sorry, the big guy, he's over there looking for a dead woman and walking around stumbling through FEMA with the FEMA director trying to grab his jacket and hold him so he doesn't wander off somewhere, which he did. He got away from her and wandered off. Isn't it interesting, by the way, that this administration, they make sure that there's a woman next to him on every one of these things. Jill's always with him, holding him by his hand. Come here, Joe. Over here, Joe. This way, Joe. Or if, if she can't be there for whatever reason, like it, a couple of weeks ago, it was Gretchen Whitmer in, in Chicago who was walking along, holding his hand like they were high school sweethearts, walking along. Hey, over here, Joe. This way, Joe. And then yesterday, the woman who was the, the head of FEMA, the FEMA director, come here, Mr. President, stop. Whoa, 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 Mr. President. And he got away from her. So he does all of that, and the left is like, oh, no, you just hate old people. Well, how do you explain Kamala then? When she goes to the DMZ, and she says the U.S. shares a very important relationship, which is a strong, enduring alliance with North Korea. With the Republic of North Korea. Lord have mercy and please help this country. <laughs> we need you now more than ever before, God in heaven. Mm, mm, mm. All right, so we told you about the man last Friday who was the guy who would go and pray outside of abortion clinics. And as he was praying outside of these abortion clinics several years ago, uh, he would take his son with him every once in a while. His son was 12 years old at the time. His son was verbally and almost physically assaulted by a pro-abortion person who came up and was screaming at his son and then got in his son's space, so much so that the pro-life daddy, Mark Houck, thought his son was going to be attacked, so he pushed the old man back, the, 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 the pro-abortion guy, before he could attack his son, he pushed him to protect his son. The police came, the police investigated, the police found no reason to file any charges against Mr. Houck whatsoever. And the case was dropped, and it was gone for over a year. Just gone for over a year. Nothing happened, it was a case was dropped, it's just done, it's over. Until Merrick Garland and the politicized Department of Justice and FBI comes over last Friday where Mr. Houck was in his house with his wife and seven children. And according to the accounts here, the FBI shows up with their SWAT unit, 
bangs on his door, come out, come out, come out. Mr. Houck says, okay, I don't know what the problem is here. I mean, he hadn't heard anything from anybody in over a year. Nobody said he's under any kind of investigation. We have a warrant for your arrest. Okay, all right. Listen, before I open the door, i got seven kids in here. We don't care. Open the damn door. He opens the door, and about 25 to 30 SWAT members standing out there with their long rifles pointed at him, come inside, grab him. His wife says, do you have a warrant? She, he, the FBI supposedly says, we don't need a warrant. Uh, no, you do. So, okay, and they go get one and come back and take him out in handcuffs. Now, that's how the story is. That's how it's being told by the media. Well, now Senate Judiciary Republicans are demanding the FBI and the DOJ explain why they would go arrest this guy. He's nonviolent. He had no weapons. He wasn't, uh, like, uh, you know, holed up in his home. and he's, you know, He wasn't David Koreshing anything, you know. Last time they burned down a home, we think, was when uh, David Koresh was up there in Waco. But I guess that was going to be next, huh? Are they getting ready for that? Were they going to roll the tanks in, what light the place on fire? What number on the most wanted list was Mr. Howe? Yeah, at? see, exactly. That's a good question right there, JT. Good stuff. That's right. Where was he on the most wanted list? He didn't exist. There was no problem. This is all fear and intimidation. If you don't vote for them, the regime that's in power, this is what's coming to you, baby. If you're a pro-life Christian, this is what we do to pro-life Christians. Get ready. All right. Back in a minute, my good friend Gordon Hartman is going to join me after the bottom of the hour news. He's got something that you need to know about and really I, I hope you'll help with. That's coming up. Trey Ware, KTSA. It's Funky Red Friday. we got the funky music on and it's red. We've got our red on. Remember, everyone deployed is what the red is worn on Friday for. Trey Ware, 550 KTSA, FM 1071. The Trey Ware page at KTSA.com. An interview that every parent should hear is there up at the Trayware page at ktsa.com. If you're concerned about fentanyl in our communities, if you're concerned about your children, if you're concerned about Halloween coming up and trick-or-treating, you should hear the interview that's up on the Trayware page at ktsa.com, ktsa.com. So the multi-assistance center at Morgan's Wonderland, a great expansion coming from a great man. My friend Gordon Hartman is joining me here on the Stevens Roofing Newsmaker Hotline to tell us all about the Multi-Assistance Center. Gordon, it's so good to talk with you again. How are you? I'm doing good. It's been a long time, Trey. Been way too long. I'm glad to, I'm glad <laughs> to, to talk to you. Um, tell us about the Multi-Assistance Center. Uh, this is a, I was reading about it, and what a great thing to me. Well, I thank you, Trey. It's, um, it's something that's totally different, never been tried before. And that, and the reason for it is because we all know how difficult it can be to set up medical appointments, uh, appointments uh, in dealing with uh, issues of physical therapy and things like that, when, whatever we need. And just imagine that now for someone who has a special needs or disability. If they, they get lost in the sauce because uh, they just simply can't get to the services they need. So what we have built is a new 165,000 square foot building at the corner of Thousand Oaks and Wurzbach Parkway. And the idea behind this is our MAC care model. And the MAC care model basically says that we will work with you through the use of navigators, both uh, individuals, but also an electronic system that we actually have designed ourselves in an effort to understand what your situation is, both medically, therapeutically, and social determinants of health. 
That may mean uh, food insecurities, transportation issues, legal issues, whatever they may be, whatever the issues you have. And we can help you in being able to find the proper resources for that, but not just send you there, but check in on you, basically become your life coach all the way through the process. And the most important thing is many of the services I just mentioned to you will be available in the building. So you can come there and get two or three appointments at any one time. And this will make take a lot of stress off families and caregivers for individuals with special needs. But in particular, it will bring the outcomes uh, and the ability for those with special needs to be able to get services that before they thought they liked to get or tried to get, didn't know how to get, or started and then failed and were not able to finalize. And so we're going to be there as a life coach for them. And ultimately, uh, once we are fully engaged and get this thing fully up and running, on a continual basis, will help 10,000 individuals uh, through this facility. Uh, I see that more than 30 community-based organizations are joining you in this effort. Organizations such as? Well, I, I mentioned the food bank before. Right. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're a key one. Uh, uh, there's, uh, uh, in, in respect to reaching maximum independence, is, is another one. Guide Dogs of Texas. Oh, wow. Uh, you know, just basically any organization that can play some role in dealing with social determinants health V as a big player for us, an extremely important collaboration. Well, for transportation, right? With them. Well, yeah, because, uh, Trey, that's one of the major reasons many times people uh, are not able to get things done because, you know, they, they, they have an appointment, but then their car breaks down, and therefore then they cancel the appointment and nothing's done. So when that happens, let's use that as an example, what we'll do is we'll know if they didn't make that appointment either to get to the multi-assistant center or to the doctor they're supposed to get to, and we'll check in. When they have that problem, instead of it just being a problem and them not able to solve it, we'll help them with that and being able to get them transportation. So we needed all these community-based organizations to come in and work with us, and that's the beauty of the multi-assistant center, is here in San Antonio, people want to work in collaboration to assist our friends with special needs and disabilities. And that's the beauty of why the MAC is possible, because we have a medical home. Uh, CommuniCare is overseeing a 24,000-square facility within the MAC. We have eye specialists, uh, uh, dental specialists, oh, wow. uh, hearing specialists. We have physical therapists. Anything you could possibly think of is in the MAC. But more importantly than anything, we will navigate the system. It's not just one thing to tell somebody, go to an appointment. But we got to make sure that we follow through. And also through our system, you only tell your story once. You know, with Morgan, as she was growing up, I must have told her story 75 times, mm-hmm. 75 different people for different needs. We don't need to do it that way anymore. And we keep talking about doing something like this. What we're actually doing at the back now is implementing something like this. And we think by doing this that we're going to set a whole new tone as to bring about better outcomes for people. And we've asked UTSA when we were starting this process if they would watch our data, review our data, and tell us if we're having better outcomes. I don't want to just tell you in a year or two, oh, we're doing a great job. I want a third party to say, yes, this is working. This is making things better. Because when that happens, because we've now been uh, signed as a demonstration project with the state, we think there's opportunity to replicate this. And that's where we're really going to go forward with this, because we don't want to just help 10,000 people. We want to help hundreds of thousands of people in the area of of, uh, addressing these kind of needs. Well, and I was looking at some of the need, 15% of the population special needs here in Bear County, about 300,000. So the need is obviously there, and I know how you think, and this is going to be putting cart before horse maybe a little bit at this time, but I know that you're thinking this could be in other markets all throughout the country and probably worldwide. There's no question. You know, already, Trey, and we're waiting. We're getting, we are putting the cart before the horse. I yeah. told people exactly what you just said. Because we're getting uh, requests from other cities and, and the state. We're getting people requests from people outside this, uh, the state of Texas saying, we want to know more. How can you do this? I'm saying, look, 
what we need to do first is let's get this right. We know going into this, because this has never been done before, I can't pick up the phone and ask someone, what happened when you come up with this problem? We're doing this as a whole new creative model towards trying to address a problem that we've been talking about forever and ever. And somehow, you know, you know the definition of insanity, keep mm-hmm. uh, doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. Well, we're not going to go there anymore. This is an insane process that we're going through as to how we do this. And we're trying to say, let's change that. Let's try a different approach than just talking about it. So what I've told people is give us a chance to see where this thing goes over the next year, 18 months, 24 months. Then once we figure we've cleaned out all the little issues here and there, both to electronic platform, between how our care model works, how things work with all the people we collaborate with. And then when we have that down, then at that point, we want to look at the opportunity to take this elsewhere. That's where we want to go. This is the beginning of something very big, I believe. And, but we got to start off slow. You know, yeah. I believe in crawl, walk, and run. I know a 165,000-square-foot building doesn't sound like you're crawling, but it is something <laughs> yeah. that I think we had to go big to start off the process to, to imply and understand and show the public this is something that really needs to be dealt with. Well, and, and just like the Morgan's Wonderland model, you had people com- coming from all over the world, and now that model exists all over the world, and I'm sure that's going to happen with this. But, yes, I think that's great that you're going to focus on right here in, in San Antonio and Bear County and serving those 300,000 and get the bugs out. But, yeah, helping so many people. It opens up um, October 2nd officially. Again, it's at Thousand Oaks. Uh, it, it's there at, it, close to the, the same as, as Morgan's Wonderland, right? Right there. Well, yeah, and the reason we put it right next to Morgan's Wonderland, let's say, for example, someone comes with special needs, whether it be uh, a young person, an old person, or whoever would like to enjoy Morgan's Wonderland. They may come to the MAC for three different appointments, maybe one at 10, maybe one at 2, and one oh, at 4. Great and idea. Between those appointments, they go to Morgan's Wonderland. Great idea. See, <laughs> the way we also designed the building is to make it a place that is fun because many of these individuals, um, they don't want to do these kind of things. They don't want to have to go to another appointment. You know, I have. I was talking to him, a father yesterday who has 24 different doctors for his uh, daughter. Wow. 24. And to try to navigate, that's impossible. And our job here is we can make that a better way of doing that, to follow that. So, and he said because of that, many times his daughter misses certain appointments because they get, you know, the, the mother's got a job, the father's got, I mean, just, it's just too much. What we need to do is take that burden off. But by putting it next to Morgan's Wonderland, Morgan's Inspiration on Morgan's Wonderland Sports, they can do other activities interimly. We even have a cafe uh, within the facility, so people can have uh, breakfast, lunch, or any meals that they want while they wait to do different things. And the reason for that, uh, Trey, is because right now people are having to take off numerous days for these appointments. Mm-hmm. We want to make it more consolidated so that people, it becomes a more efficient process. We can do it. it it's an it's a outside-the-box approach. And then in Phase 2, which will open in summer of next year, will be an ambulatory surgical center for individuals with special needs and disabilities, especially design, never been tried before, but an approach toward just focusing on that particular clientele. That's a whole different way you need to deal with something like that, and we're going to do it here, right here in San Antonio. Opens up on Sunday. I'd like to enlist our uh, listeners to help. Um, it c- costs a lot of money to do this. It's about a $45 million facility in and of itself, and then the operational costs on a day-to-day basis to make this a reality. But this is such an inspirational idea, once again, coming from Gordon Hartman. What we're going to do, Gordon, is uh, we'll give the website now for people to, to donate. Uh, I'm also going to have Elaine uh, put this interview up on the KTSA.com webpage. I'm going to ask everybody to share that so that people can hear about this project and how they can help. Maybe Don will do a little thing in the news over here as well so that we've got some good coverage on, on this. So what is the best way 
for people to give? Is it the Morgan's Wonderland uh, MAC.com website, or which one would you like for them to go to? Well, yeah. First of all, Trey, thank you for that. Uh, what I, the best way to start helping would be if someone wants to be involved is come to our opening at 1 o'clock on Sunday Okay. at the corner of Warsbach Park, 1000 Oaks. And let me tell you why. We want to show people what we're doing. Okay. I, you know, it's, I can, we can talk two hours on the radio, and I can explain a lot of things, but until you see it right. and see how it all comes together and the beauty of it, I think then that would really be helpful. So anyone listening, please join us at 1 o'clock. Uh, the lieutenant governor will be attending. The mayor will be attending. A lot of uh, Joe Montana from uh, Criminal Minds will be there. There will be a lot of uh, fun activities, but also an opportunity for people to learn about the multi-assistant center. And respect to the website, yes, morganswonderlandmac.com is the best way to get information. Uh, morganswonderlandmac.com. You can also go if you want to know everything that we're doing, all the five different activities that is part of the Morgan's family now. You can go to GoInclusion.com, GoInclusion.com, and that will tell you everything that we're doing separate from this. But it all ties together in one big family of Morgan's Inclusion Initiative, which is what we're all about. We're about inclusion. We're about making sure that those who many, that 15% of the population many times don't have opportunities that sometimes we take for granted. We're trying to bring them in. And so we're trying to take this uh, moment, honestly, Trey, and move it take it to a movement. That's our job here, and that's where we see our next step as, as an organization. Thanks for all you do, Gordon, and thanks for inspiring me to be a better person, which every time we talk, you do, and I appreciate you so much. Trey, I look forward to talking to you soon. I know we got the turkey dinner coming up pretty soon. We'll be talking about that, I'm sure, as well. I'm fired up. I'll see you then, Gordon. <laughs> you bet. Thank okay. you, man. Thanks. Gosh, he's you such bet. a great inspiration. And uh, please help, folks. Please, please be there at 1 o'clock on Sunday if you can. Uh, if you can't, completely understand if you're out of town or whatever morgan's wonderland mac.com it's morgan's wonderland mac.com i want to tell you about my friend dr mark habercorn at river city oral surgery dr habercorn is here for you and your family regardless of what it is that you need whether it's uh, you know teeth uh, taken out you know extraction whether it's teeth being put in you know through implants if you got missing teeth maybe it's a situation with the wisdom teeth you know maybe i I remember mine came in when i was in high school and i had to go get them taken out you know uh maybe something like that Uh, whatever that is maybe it's major facial surgery cleft palates and stuff like that dr habercorn not only is a dentist but he is an md he's a surgeon so he can handle all that too he does major facial surgery so whatever it whatever your needs are in that field i hope you get in touch with them the prices are right on the website he believes fully in the free market open uh, you know uh, transparency competition and all those kind of things and he serves anybody of any age it's a great practice and they're there for you all the time rivercityoms.com rivercityoms.com and on the phone 210-778-0002 get down get down by the way if you'd like to say the pledge of allegiance just why don't you record it in your phone send it to me trey at ktsa t-r-e-y ktsa.com that's a great way of getting in touch with me all right uh gordon did mention a couple of seconds ago the uh, Jimenez Radiothon. It's coming up October 21st, and we'll have more details about that coming up very, very soon here at KTSA. So I look forward to seeing him and uh, the usual suspects who will be here. It's going to be a good time. So that's coming up October 21st 
as we get ready for fall, that signals fall. This weekend signals fall, the opening weekend of uh, October, first weekend of October. And we're going to get a little bit of a cooling trend over the weekend. I, I think Sunday morning we might be in the upper 50s Sunday morning, I think. It looks kind of like that way, so it's going to be nice. Okay, overnight here in uh, San Antonio, uh, Channel 29 is reporting that a clerk at a convenience store over off San Pedro near McCarty shot and killed a would-be robber over there. Guy came in, got his stuff, and before he paid for his stuff, apparently, as the news media is is uh, accounting it, pulled out a gun, was ready to shoot, and I guess kill the clerk, but the clerk pulled his or her own gun and ended up shooting and killing the would-be robber. All right? So that's how that came about. Um, the reason I'm talking about it here, we don't typically report on crime stories such as that here from me. But this, once again, proves the Second Amendment does protect and defend innocent people. You had a clerk in a local convenience store in a place that you wouldn't think would be high crime, San Pedro and McCarty. Remember when Maggie's was there back in the day and all, you know, Great Corner here. If Mama's was there, I think the Hofbrau was there. All that was there. Um uh, Alamo Cafe was right across the street back in the day, so you know where I'm talking about. And uh, not like a you know run-down, seedy side of town. No, this crime is everywhere. Crime is out of control. When you have DAs that let people go, when you have crime policies like sent down from up above in this in this city, when you have politicians who are running the uh, law enforcement agencies, the major law enforcement agency for the county is a politician who is playing nothing but left-wing liberal Democrat poli- politics right now, this is the result. This is what you get. You get people who walk into places, and they think they're going to take somebody's life for what, some chips, some nacho cheese Doritos and a Coca-Cola? You're going to take somebody's life for that, huh? And the clerk said, not me, not tonight. Uh-uh. And because we have a Second Amendment in this country, Because you're allowed to protect and defend life, not only your life, but the lives of other people that might be around you by pulling your weapon and using your weapon. Because that's the way it is here in the state of Texas, and that's the way it's supposed to be all across the country. Shall not be infringed means shall not be infringed. There's no hocus-pocus about that. There's no hocus-pocus at all about the Second Amendment. The Second Amendment is very clear. Very clear. If you were alive back in the day, you were part of the standing militia. But second of all, in the preamble of the Constitution, we're talking about life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. Remember all that? The first one they put there for a reason. That's life. To protect and defend life. And, of course, the Second Amendment was there to protect the First Amendment, which goes through all the freedom of speech and freedom to assemble and freedom of religion and all those kinds of things. And when you get rid of the Second Amendment, all the others go away because, as I said, the Second Amendment protects the others. But most importantly, the Second Amendment protects individuals, protects people, protects families, protects children. And uh, so good on the clerk. Good on the clerk for being armed and good on the clerk for saying, not me. If it's between you and me, it's you. I'm going home. So thank God that we had founding fathers that decided the Second Amendment was important to this country. We have politicians such as one that will be debating the governor tonight. We have Beto O'Rourke in the state of Texas that wants to take your gun away from you. He's made that perfectly clear. You should not be armed. The border should be open. Well, to hell with Beto. To hell with Mr. O'Rourke. 
That is not what the position we're ever going to have in the state of Texas. And if I have anything to do with it, he won't be governor of the state of Texas. <laughs> now, we're going to have the, the debate on tonight, which is nothing but a setup to make Greg Abbott look bad in the media. That'll be 7 o'clock tonight on our station. Thank you for KSAT for the hookup on that. But the stories are already written. They're just trying to get the sound bite tonight, you know, the paper on Sunday in their editorial section. Beto wins. Beto, what a great job. He was awesome. He did great on Friday night. Watch. It's a setup. Pure and simple. A Beto O'Rourke receiving millions of dollars outside of the state of Texas, a pro-open borders, pro-illegal immigration, anti-gunner, should never become the governor of the greatest state on God's green earth, the state of Texas. Warren Rima coming up next, KTSA. No.